Naked ABCs. Now you are now entering ABC land. The motto: You stay for one week, but you find that it's all been done. Population: Five. That's right. We have our biggest crew yet. But before I introduce our group for tonight, I want to introduce one that I hope is here with us in spirit. Um, Unfortunately, I found out earlier this week uh, that Victor Sherb, who was on our show a number of times and also was the person that ran the unofficial Bare Naked Ladies website um, and did the videos, is no longer with us. He passed away in late 2019, uh, which is very sad. Uh, so a moment of, of silence uh, for the dear friend. So with us tonight, we have Aaron. Hello. Jeff. Hey, everyone. Andrew. Yay. And Justin. Hello. <laughs> and we are all here tonight to discuss the 1991, 92, 92 was officially when it was released, song by Stephen Page and Ed Robertson, Hello City. If you've never heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. Hello City. Another night at the palace Cause there is nothing else to do Oh, oh, uh-huh The same people The same drinks and The same music The same quicksand I think this harbor town is wasty band Sing it fast Oh, I thought this was Hello Kitty <laughs> You might you might think that because of the way they that explains why you're wearing those ears yeah yeah I'm on the wrong podcast <laughs> second night full of you said that joke last week Aaron <laughs> it yeah. never gets old nothing wrong with recycling I thought you were pro environment <laughs> I recycle all my jokes that's my job. <laughs> so um this is on a number of different places uh most people would know it from gordon in 1992 but that is not in fact the first recording of this song uh it was first recorded for <sighs> i have a long list here let's get going with it bare naked recess which there's only less than six copies made out there that was put out in 1990 there is a copy that was put out for the Variety Recordings, which was released just to radio stations. There was the copy that is on Gordon, which is the first official copy. Then we have the live version on Rock Spectac. And we have the live version on Hello City Live from Toronto, which was done the year before Gordon, uh, but was not officially released until much, much later. And then we have the other live version that is on Hello uh, Live at Danforth Hall, which was released only to the people that were in the ladies' room, which is the ladies' bare naked ladies fan club. <laughs> I'm just imagining them sending this to DJs at uh, radio stations in the greater Halifax area. <laughs> <laughs> and I would think that, given the number of markers that they throw in there, that 
Halifaxians? Hala- I don't know Hala- what they would be called. Haligonians. Haligonians. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Much more. Much more. Uh, Haligonians would know that this song is about. Haligonians <laughs> drink beer with their pinkies out. Oh. <laughs> and it's Samuel Keats. <laughs> or Alexander, Alexander Keats. Alexander Keats. Come on, you teetotaler. <laughs> I messed up my <laughs> Keats. Ah, you teetotaler. Look, right there. <laughs> Yeah, I even toured the Keith's factory. I should know better than this. <laughs> now, unless you had been into their demos or you came into the Bare Nakeds really late, this was your first introduction to the band. It was my first introduction to the band because it is the first song on Gordon. Like yeah. this was right. what said to me here. Here's what this band is, and it is a really interesting, nice, playful slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, and they picked this song like, you know, they they'd been the biggest indie band in Canada before Gordon, but like this was their their kind of coming out, right? This is mainstream, everybody's going to hear from us. And so they picked this song to be their very first song on that album. <laughs> an and the first word in the song yeah. is hello. Yeah. <laughs> right? You got to love that. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, you know, I I'm really into overanalyzing the first words on things. And you think you think like like Shakespeare Richard the 3rd, right? And his first the first word in 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 the big speech is now. Like things are now. This is what's happening now is the winter of our discontent. And and bare naked ladies they're like, "Yeah, here we are. Hello. We have arrived." <laughs> and also we hate Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's immediately reduce our potential audience. <laughs> Are you kidding? Canadians love it if you uh, drop anything in their song. No, that's like, true. Oh, my oh God. we that's die true. for it. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like heavy drinkers kind of are self-loathing anyway, so they're probably like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> that's us. That's true. <laughs> With all due respect to our Haligonian neighbors <laughs> to, the, uh, to the West, uh, they are basically just a tiny Toronto anyway, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a I'm really... Oh, sorry, any, everybody. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of any holy wars here. <laughs> we lost we lost this, all our Halifax listeners with that. Thanks a lot, Justin. I think this is a really good introduction to what the band... Like, the first 10 seconds, you get a really good introduction to the band immediately in that they're, they make themselves sound like they're just a very soft jazz. And then, hmm. boom, right. they jump... They take a left turn. They go all the way into this other direction almost... And like pick up the beat, they really kind of hit it home. That was one of the first things that really amazed me about this band. I'm like, that's a that's wonderful. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the arrangement definitely jumps out at you because it's got that that great jazz intro, and then boom, you're just slapped in the face with those harmonics that they hit you with, like right off the bat. It's uh, just a uh, an awesomely arranged song to begin with, but like was mentioned, it was basically just a really beautiful slap in the face, which I think adds <laughs> to the uh, piece as well. Oh yeah, which is funny because it's think... not how they did do this live. So anyone, no, and it's uh, not how no. they do it on Bare Naked Recess. Like Bare Naked Recess starts out with just a uh, piano playing, tink, and then boom into mm-hmm. the song, and yeah. then. Variety recordings, the ones they released to the radio stations, has Kevin doing the piano intro without the trombone, and it's a lot faster, but you don't have any of that intro. 
this is their first time going, you know what? We're going to really throw this intro in there. Let's do something special yeah, since right. we have this trombone in the studio. And they hit the word city like the first chord of Hard Day's Night, right? Mm. Like, like it's just this perfect <laughs> yeah, yeah. mix. It's it's th- This is a hell of a song to, to kick it off with, yeah. I think the thing that I like about it the most that uh, always brings me back, and for anybody here not to gush, look out. Um, <laughs> when I first, first of all, I play trombone. So that's, nice. I, I was suckered in right from the get-go anyway. <laughs> a nice muted trombone. I was like, nobody does this. Who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a bunch of guys that sound like me do these beautiful harmonies. And they actually made me believe I could sing. <laughs> and I, and so this is the song that convinced me that I could probably sing. And I'm I'm not bad, but I'd like to say that a lot of a lot of hearing somebody that sounds more and now that I look back on it, even kind of look a little bit like me. Um, <laughs> Helped a lot. No, because you, you a lot are of the... you do look like the love child between Stephen and Jim. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I sound like Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind just of say a little them, Tyler yeah. mixed in there, you know. But no, you've it's... you've just. I was gonna say you just kind of warped things for me though with that comment though, Tracy, because now I'm thinking what really happened during the BNL show during the freeze frame. When time stopped. <laughs> <laughs> is that the result? <laughs> hey, I heard uh, I heard Stephen Page is having a baby. So. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I'll never tell. <laughs> oh, no, what are you the saying? Paternity Justin? test is still coming back. But this is, this was the song. This was it. Like right from the get go, I I listened to this and I heard. Uh, people i could resonate with and that's pretty great when you think about the fact that the very first thing they do is harmonize i think that's wonderful Mm. yeah and it's got one of the best things of this era too which is that it's heavy on the kregan man yeah oh that's that dude that upright bass is just gorgeous oh i love it yeah if i didn't know better i would have said this was a kregan song like it has all those jazzy qualities oh yeah yeah he, and their I mean, sound I, kind of loses that after a while, mm. and you know, like he he just makes way for them trying different things and doing different things. It's a collaboration, but I always love it, uh, in these early albums, especially, and whenever he comes back, and that's one of the reasons I really liked Army and uh, Snack Time so much is that like they were able to get the bass back out front. The Cregans, Andy even came back in Snack Time, so mm. you know, like I, I'm all for for. You know, I I love Kevin. I love all those guys. But but when you got the Cregans just a little to the front, it's going to be a good album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While we talk a little bit about the music, let's get into the music. Before I, I hand it over for our breakdown, Aaron, let's go over <laughs> the instruments that we have in this song. So we got Steven on vocals, Ed on guitar, Jim on bass, Andy on piano and conga. Tyler on drums, and then Tom Walsh on the trombone. But Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like there's a wood block in there. I mean, most of that song, it does not sound like drum. Like Andy's hitting. I mean, that Andy Tyler is hitting drums. Um, I'm. 
I'm pretty sure he's doing rim taps, but uh, oh. there there could be a there could be a wood block in there as well. I would have to take a, another quick listen to uh, <laughs> identify that positively. Are we trying to say that might have been one of Steve's old girlfriends just kind of sitting off to the side? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you mean I... she's doing it, not that he's hitting her. No, no, that oh, shit, no. that you know, the tambourine situation. Yes. <laughs> my my impression yeah, those are... of their early percussion is that they had. Like a lot of weird stuff that that uh, Andy was uh, banging around on too. I remember yeah. it, it always. Uh, there's something about that in private stunt, uh, public stunts, and private stories about how he had all this this mess of stuff he was banging on, and then Tyler came in with actual drums. And there was like a little tension <laughs> yeah. there. I like that layered effect the auxiliary percussion gives. Actually, yeah. Exactly. It reminds me of Harvey Danger when they got together before they yep. recorded "Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone." Mm. Their percussion section was a pickle jar. <laughs> I, I believe that. Until they, I believe. Yeah, until weird, they weird made enough money had from gigs. Accordion case, yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's the bus. <laughs> um, but no, actually, so Tracy, I just really quickly kind of went back and listened to like a snip there. Yeah, that's, that's those are rim, rim taps. Rim I almost taps. said rim shots. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, you, this happens a lot in, uh, in jazz. I'm, gonna I'm see, not going to go with the other rim. Uh, what's not even, yeah, the outer rim. Uh, let's... Uh, Let's, uh, yeah, so anyways, in jazz, frequently you'll hear, uh, or you'll see, if you're watching, the drummer takes their stick and kind of uh, holds it from the, the end where usually is striking the drum and uses the thick handle end to kind of tap on the side of the snare. And you get that kind of nice pop, mm. uh, which does sound kind of like a woodblock. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he's doing uh, he's doing rim taps for those. But yeah, I mean, you get that mixing in with the congas and... Um, it just it gives there's a very kind of jazz fusiony feel about the whole piece, and uh, I really dig it. Now the other thing that we need to put in there is that they get credit for it. It's interesting they give themselves credit in here, not for the backing vocals, but for the what ups during the bridge. Wow. <laughs> and I'm gonna put that right in here. <laughs> I mean, and I absolutely love those right extra there. little what things. <laughs> Yeah, Vocal jazz. <laughs> but I, I feel like listening to this song, I really, the first time I heard it and, and pretty much every time since, all I can imagine is walking into a jazz club in the middle of Toronto and this is what they're, like, this is a band up on the stage playing this. Like, this is what how I would feel walking in. Well, yeah, it's funny. Um I was thinking about that because uh, when I was listening to this and trying to identify the album, uh, I did think it was Gordon because I almost immediately was thinking of Brian Wilson. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. uh, what's the uh, box sets very jazzy too. Mm. They had a lot of really strong jazz influence on that first uh, big record. Um, but the really interesting thing to me is, you know, I <laughs> I really wish that I'd known. Like I got into BNL through you, Tracy, and that wasn't until after when I was well out of college. If I if I'd known about this song when I was going to music school, I would have probably tried to sneak it in to like a whole set of like jazz standards and just see if anyone would notice. Because I, I bet you I could have probably passed it off as like I don't know, uh, <laughs> Billy Strayhorn or something. <laughs> well, speaking, hearing from you, why don't we hand it over to you real quick there, Aaron, and have you right. do, give us a breakdown? Let's break it down. So, Hello City was recorded at approximately 158 BPM, uh, with the exception of the intro, and it does sort of change throughout. It's pretty free and jazzy. Um, it's in the key of A major, 
the chord changes are this was actually one of my favorite songs to break down ever because it was pretty easy <laughs> so thank you for this one guys uh mostly it's just three chords most of the song the, the the intro is just the verse changes and the verse changes and the chorus changes are more or less identical uh the bridge is the only time it really changes up too much so the intro again is pretty much verse chord changes but way down tempo uh the verse which we'll, we'll call our a section it goes from A to sorry A major to C sharp minor to D, sometimes then changing to D minor. So you get a one three four, and then chorus is again A to C C sharp minor to D one three four, uh, and then you have the bridge where it's uh, maybe I caught you at a bad time. Uh, A to B minor to F sharp minor to B minor to B uh, B major I guess uh, to E to A. So one two six two five one, Holy. which is a uh, <laughs> When you when you get one two you know two six two five one one six two five one back and forth that's very very classic jazz arrangement right there that's very kind of jazz changes um, you hear that over and over again if you look in the real book you'll see a lot of two six five one six two five one all those kind of variations um, so that's pretty much it you got your A <laughs> section which is most of the song and then the bridge is like a B section which is slightly different so the structure of the song is intro is a changes verse one a changes chorus a changes verse two a changes chorus a changes bridges b changes verse three a changes chorus a changes and outro just vamps on the a changes so you got a a a a a a a b a a a or i guess you call it an abba <laughs> kind of song um not not to be confused with the uh <laughs> was it Swedish pop group ABBA? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Swedish. Forgive me if you're not from Sweden, ABBA, but <laughs> <laughs> I just guessed. I, I didn't do my research. I should have done my homework. Uh but yeah. Um yeah, it, it's it's really cool, man. I like this song a lot. It's uh it's got a real I don't know. It, it's not as <laughs> there's something really so breezy about it and so just just chill and I've always been a fan of music where either the music's super happy and the lyrics are kind of dark or the lyrics are super happy and the mm-hmm. music's kind of dark and you get that kind of uh, weird dichotomy. Um, it's like one of the happiest little middle finger songs <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> and you just want to go snap to it. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I love it a lot. We got to put that on the album cover. Happiest middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> So I, that's 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 the breakdown. Guys, so one of the things that's different about this song than their other ones usually is when they play this live, they do a much faster version of this. So I, I know that both of you that yes. that yeah. uh, Justin and and uh, Andy Andrew, you you've seen them live, and this is one of the reasons that you wanted to talk about this is you love hearing this song live. Like it's a big live song for you. Is it? <laughs> All right, uh, blew that one. Pre- presumably, <laughs> presumably, you, Justin? I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it all the time. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I mean, I, I like it live. It's good. Um, it, it's it's a great song. I mean, I, uh, I I think I like the the slower version better because it does something a little different. That reminds me of um, uh, Nirvana has a song like that too. Is it it? Polly maybe was the one where uh, that's the one about like the like live, right? And they they did it really, really fast. They do it really fast live, but when they were recording it for the album, it was really the producer really slow, made yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the producer they couldn't figure out how to get it right, and the producer made Kurt lie on a couch <laughs> while he was singing it. <laughs> right, and I and believe so that it's, it's it's really slow and and kind of laid back, and and that's how I've always described Steve in the later BNL albums. Like yeah. it sounds like he's always lying on a couch, and I'd kind of like him to get off the couch, but. Um, but you know that's what's great about this song is that it's got this kind of slow jazzy tune while they're they're hating on <laughs> Halifax. But it's also a really great um, thing that Bare Naked Ladies do- does, where they are singing about music. Like a lot of Gordon is about music. Half the songs are named mm. after other acts mm-hmm. that aren't them, right. and and about performance. And and what's great about this is that. Um, this isn't the first song they wrote because they had to have been a band first before they wrote it. It's mm-hmm. it's a song about being on the road and where you'll get to like like Eminem or or whoever like in the in their sophomore album there's always the song about how they hate being famous and stuff. And <laughs> that's this song for for Bare Naked Ladies but it's the first <laughs> song they've ever released on a CD. They're like, oh, we're so we hate being in a band, or we're we're touring and stuff in Halifax. And this is the impression that every Torontonian who comes to the Atlantic provinces gets. By the way. Like, Why is everybody drunk and fighting all the time? Because we know how to have fun, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into what the song means, because we've done that several times already, Shocking. there's one other really important thing that I think we need to kind of put in here, which is. The song Happy Hour by the House Martins is in this song. What a good place to be. Don't believe I speak a different language and it's never really up to me. Don't believe I own on because it's never been out of me. BNL takes it and samples that song directly. Um, but it's funny. It ends with that song. Like, it ends with it. Like, that's the conclusion of this song is another guy's song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sort of. Well, they, they go into it, but then they come back out of it again and go back into Hello City again. But, yeah, it's at the very end. They, they do yeah. the sample at the very end. What a good place to tell me. Don't believe them. Because I speak a different language and it's never been. I was gonna say it blends. The key and the tempo just worked perfect for it, though. It was it's right. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so so here's my theory about that, right? And and this is what I don't know anything about the House Martins, so you can go back into that in a sec, Trace, if you want. But so so Alan Moore, the comic writer, he wrote Watchmen and From Hell and everything. He had a theory of poetry by which you could treat a poem or song like a plant, in that you could take a a snip of one and graft it onto another one you could take a cutting of a poem and put it onto something else to create another poem with similar traits and song he goes into this in one of his books called yugoth cultures i'm not going to get into that very much but what is weird about hello city is that it sounds a lot like happy hour but it isn't at all like happy hour and and it really does sound like like they they took happy hour and cut it in half like a potato and put it in a yogurt tin in water and grew hello city out of it right well happy hour is not hating on happy hour and bars so much as just kind of a statement of like happy hour and bars is this really mixed menagerie of what of what it is and almost a happier version of billy joel's piano man piano man yeah yeah (laughs) 
But I, I kind of think <laughs> that the whole um, happy hour uh, yeah. motif actually really works for this song because he, you know, Stephen describes it as a beer hall. Halifax, Halifax is a beer hall. In interviews he's done, he's, he basically says that when they've gone back, they learned to, you know, uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. It's a drinking town. I mean, I've, I've never been except there. Except for Ed. Any, any experience. <laughs> except for Ed. Except for Ed, yes. So that whole reference to Halifax being uh, a beer hall and a drinking town, merging happy hour into it, I think is a, is a perfect uh, juxtaposition there for that song. Yeah. And it does work. And I actually uh, did listen. I had never heard the House Martin song before, and I listened to it before doing this interview. And it's a really, if, if, you've, if you've never heard it, go listen to it. It's a fun, fun song. Oh, it's um, a beautiful song. I loved it. I actually downloaded really, it after listening to it. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I kind of branched off and listened to a lot more of their stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, really, really catchy, fun music. Matter of um, fact, if you, th- if you enjoy Be My Yoko Ono, you will probably like that song. Because it, there are a lot of similarities between Be My Yoko Ono and, and Happy Hour. Well, and they also do a song, House Martins do a song too called Me and the Farmer, which reminds me a lot of uh, other... It's, Straw uh, Hank. Uh, <laughs> Straw, yeah. Straw Hank, uh, that and Dirty Old Hank. It, it almost, I mean, it, there's a lot of similarities similarities with those too. And I think uh, uh, you can you can see that they're kind of uh, uh, soul bands here in that sense, but... I think that using that, now that I've heard the uh, original Happy Hour, using that chunk, that piece of Happy Hour in the song just adds the element. Not only the fact that they're basically the same key, the same tempo, and it works, you know, musically, it fits thematically with the entire song. And I really, really cool idea there. And until I had heard the happy uh, the House Martin's original version of it, I didn't know what the li- last line was that Steve was saying in their pastiche, their use of it. Their... Right, they're singing over yeah. him. Yeah. And, and so the line is, what what he sings is, what a good place to be. Don't believe them, because they speak a different language, and it's never really happened to me. Which are lines directly from the House Martins. Right. right. It's interesting because... Right, and so in House Martins, I, I think they were talking about like old folks at the right. pub who were... Like in in Britain, they hate the foreigners and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what's what's fascinating about it in this song is that, you know, in the Atlantic provinces, we're known for our thick accents, <laughs> and so this is basically like they're just in on an alien world, uh, as the bare naked ladies from suburban Toronto are coming to Halifax and and just have no idea what the hell yeah. is going on. So it, that adds that la- layer to this as well. Well, and they do use a lot of different lingo in, especially in Halifax and in the in the uh, Maritimes. That aren't used necessarily elsewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Further east you go, it gets worse. Yeah, by the time you hit the Azores, worse it's or better. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny though because I was looking through this list of twenty-five sayings that are in the Maritimes that that aren't seen elsewhere, and eight of them, or sorry, not eight of them, five of them are actually ones that we use here in Maine. So I was like. Okay, yeah, that definitely bled over when when the Canadian you know the Canadians came into Maine and and came to live here. So, <laughs> Maine New England culture is very oh, yeah. close uh, to to Maritimes and 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 to Newfoundland culture. It's all the same kind of Scotch Irish colonial weirdness <laughs> that that mixes all up. It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> rum and fish, guys. It's rum and fish. <laughs> Come from, wow! I didn't. I didn't know we shared come from away yep. with with uh, 
Nope, Dark that Media is a. Neighbors. I guess I thought that oh, was really? totally Oh really? Wow, thing. you haven't even heard of the music. <laughs> I'm looking at the no. <laughs> That's like our thing. <laughs> Apparently not. So the ones that I found that that very much are our main things. Holy mackerel! Like, totally heard that growing up. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was national. I thought I thought everyone. Yeah, that's said a that. universal thing to scream. <laughs> is it, Jeff? You're further. You're further south. Is that I'm. It? I mean, I'm. I'm just below New I England. Thought... But yeah, holy mackerel is pretty big. Here, okay. So okay. That, that 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 drifted down here. Um, and then the use of the word "some," so as a as an adjective. So that that car is going some fat. Yeah. Yeah, some angry, some... That was some... Again, I thought that was fairly universal. Buddy. Who doesn't call other people buddy? Especially, I don't See, know. The I'm thing not your is, buddy guy. All these I'm very... Just, guy, it's friend. like when when you, you go to like a European cultural festival and they're like, here's the national dance of my country. And they're all the same <laughs> dance with the same vest full mm-hmm. of beads. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, right? I like, know what really, this is. Like all our... All our distinct well, cultures, <laughs> we're pretty similar. We're all the white yeah. guys, you know. We're not all that different. We're we're way more similar. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's interesting. I I know that Trailer Park Boys takes face takes place yep. uh, in Nova Scotia, right? And uh, I I hear a lot of slang that I grew up. You know, it's interesting. Uh, decent, for instance, decent is something I definitely use, and uh, I know people up here. That's something I don't think that people down south in America or on the West Coast use that much. Decent. I mean, they use decent in the same sense of like, oh, it's a decent song or whatever. But we <laughs> yeah. say decent to mean something's really good. Like, oh, that's Maybe decent. <laughs> I think the thing that's I notice the most is uh, the double adjective. Uh, the that I find that that's here, but I find that's more of our UK roots. Like, it's like, well, that's a sweet little car. It's a, a tiny little, tiny little song. Yeah. Yeah, I like Yeah, yeah. We we want to reserve "Tiny Little Song" by Tiny Little Song. (laughs) (laughs) Inhaled affirmative. That's why they put. That's why they put performing song on Gordon's because they needed that space for a a tiny little song. That had. (laughs) We got to get the cow song on the second album. Tiny little song. It's got to be there. (laughs) That's a sophomore album song. (laughs) well we've we've already kind of slipped over (laughs) into talking about the lyrics so why don't we just go full bore into lyrics here full born lyrics so born the lyrics who don't know i'm going to do a quick snippet here from paul meyer's book um about what this song is about um he wrote a book about this song (laughs) (laughs) no it's a tiny It's a tiny tiny little book. book. I mean, the song is okay. (laughs) All right. So he says in there. My college Cephas. While while on the first tour with Corky and the Juice Pigs, with just Ed and Steve, they came to Halifax. Stephen didn't like the town much, as you can see in the lyrics. They were playing at the lower deck, (laughs) where they played mostly Celtic music to mostly drinking sailors. They stayed at the Carlton Hotel on Barrington Street, which was upstairs from a metal bar called Roses. It no longer exists. The room had four beds, one against a wall, another (laughs) with a mattress falling through the frame, a bathtub with no shower. It was just gross. And it was a violent scene. Quote, Halifax on a weekend, you can't go anywhere without someone seeing without seeing someone bleeding somewhere. You had to walk down three or four flights of stairs and then step over a bleeding body. 
Ed didn't drink the whole time, and the whole drinking culture of Halifax was just a shock to us. And they didn't like playing there because no one would pay attention. And Stephen even took a picture from the stage and because mm-hmm. no one was bothering to look at the camera. Um, <laughs> they've had a good time <laughs> since when they've gone back. Um, but that's, as you mentioned before, because they do as the Haligonians do and yeah. drink and bleed. <laughs> and ignore themselves. Except for Ed. Yeah. <laughs> ignore themselves. <laughs> So, yeah, (laughs) that's weird. I mean, okay, so growing up here in St. John's, I don't drink either. And this is a big drinky town. um, But I never really had that that bad of an experience when we were going out. Justin, we used to go downtown and stuff and people listen to the bands Uh, like that must be a very different thing here, because like that's what you do in St. John's. You go down to the Duke, you go down to the ship, you listen to a band. Well, and I wonder if know. that's because they were playing in a so, bar that mostly yes. played Celtic music. And as we can tell, like, this is not Celtic music. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I go down that route. <laughs> like, going back to what Andrew was saying, we have uh, the wonderful thing about St. John's with, uh, and I guess any place that got bars, you always got one that's mm-hmm. dedicated to certain types of music. That's fair. But, and like 50% of ours are Celtic themed. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the music on stage is going to be yeah. Celtic every night. Right. Right. Uh, but generally speaking, it will be. <laughs> um, and the heavy drinkers go to the Celtic bars. It's just the way it is. <laughs> they actually, I actually believe I have a theory somewhere that people who drink a lot go to Celtic bars because they'll have more drinks there to choose from. And also because they think that you're <laughs> supposed to drink a lot to enjoy Celtic music. Fair. Could be. There's like there's a something feeding well, the two of them. But anyway, in, in St. John's, I'll back him up. When you go out to a bar to listen to a band, you go for yeah. the band first. Drinking <laughs> yeah. just comes naturally. Otherwise, you're going language. to a place where they're just, they're just playing sure CDs that... or whatever, you know. And yeah, so so people are drinking a lot. Yeah. And if they want to drink a real lot, then they're going to Turkey Joe's <laughs> and they're avoiding all of the uh, the Irish places anyway. Yeah, I'm sure the band appreciates yeah, that. Like you're just you're just listening to. Uh, was yeah, it whatever. much music, electric mix, or whatever? <laughs> yeah, but no. If you well, and Halifax had the reputation of having the most bars in well, all of Canada. So, well, that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. They're, they have they've closed a ton of nightclubs and bars since then. But it's funny. I I <laughs> that's just factually inaccurate. No. Um, I spent some time. I spent a well. There's there's two yeah. important facts about that. One, well, St. John's, I, I, uh, which is where we are c- coming to you live from, dear listener, has an entire street of bars called George Street, and we do have <laughs> the most bars per capita in North America. The second <laughs> per capita per exactly. square footage. The second important point about that is that Halifax sucks. I'm coming to visit, boys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Them fighting words. Well, the thing is, see, I, I spent a decent amount of time in, in Halifax. Uh, I had I had relatives who lived in Moncton, New Brunswick, and it's only like a couple hour drive. And I went there every summer and visited, and they took me to Halifax several times during my childhood. Now, I'm sure I would imagine my aunt and uncle probably didn't take us to the seedier parts of Halifax when I was visiting when I was just a little kid. So that's probably has something to do. with How it. much bleeding did you do? Uh, I don't think any. We did go to this. We went to this mall that had a, a a roller coaster inside the mall, 
and they they did not lock us down. Like my my seatbelt was not secured, and I did think I was going to die because I was only like ten years old. Uh, I I must have been ten because I think it was like the summer of ninety three. Um, but yeah, so like, but I can imagine. You know, I I feel like I should probably stop talking now because uh, now I'm talking about Moncton and uh, Halifax, and uh, that's not even the same province. So like, I would imagine. To our to our resident Canadian friends, this feels like how I feel when I tell people I'm from Maine, and they're like, "Oh, it's so pretty close to Boston, right?" Oh God. <laughs> but anyway, no. I from what I remember of Halifax, it seemed like a, a nice enough place. But again, that probably was. Well, in truth, good. I, I was in Halifax just a few months ago, and it is a lovely town, and uh, and you know, but you, there's lots to do there. I went to the Maritime mm. Museum; they've got stuff from the Titanic. I went to the casino; it was great. We had a great time. Yeah, come on down to Halifax; you'll have a great time, buddy. I was on Barrington Street. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Have, have Have any of you guys ever been to the palace? That's one of the places mentioned in the song. Mm. I have not. No. Now, the palace closed down in 2013, I think. But what's great about the palace is I've never been to the palace, but I have been to the palace's still extant Facebook page. And it's entirely pictures of one smashed out of his brain guy just posing with his arm around different smashed out of their brains girls. And it is gross. Wow. So... Sounds like a real. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually Double. found a comment about it though. When I was doing that, when I was looking up the song, there was a comment from someone, uh, I guess from, I'm guessing from Halifax, where he did say, um, uh, "I dare you to find twenty-something person in Halifax who has never uttered this line at least once regarding the palace. It's one of the biggest bars in the city, and it boasts live bands and large crowds. The unofficial name of this bar is the Last Chance for Romance, because if you can't pick up here, then you may as well join a priesthood or a nunnery." <laughs> Which, wow! I saw that too. Nice claim to claim to fame. When I was uh, when I was working with the cadets a long time ago, as uh, uh, out in uh, Greenwood, Nova Scotia, which is nearby, we had to go to Halifax to do uh, one of their badges on civic duty or something, and. I got to go because I just wanted to ride to Halifax. I didn't have to teach. I just went. <laughs> and I walked by it. It was before they closed, and I walked past it, and I was just I just looked at it, and I didn't want to go in. <laughs> wasn't particularly inviting? No. It wasn't run... It, no. Listen, but you listen know... it wasn't run down. It wasn't seedy or anything like that. I just kind of glanced at it, and I was like, I could say I was here. I could say I... Yeah, there you, you got go. <laughs> I've heard of this place. Yeah. I'm not going in there. Yeah, but what... <laughs> What's great about it and name dropping it like this is that like this song is kind of their Scott Pilgrim. Go on. You know, it's it's this weird seedy world of bands at creepy regional bars that yep. you've heard of. What I loved about Scott Pilgrim oh, is that yeah. that was exactly yeah. what it was like when I lived yes. in Toronto. Like almost yes. exactly. And and so I can imagine what this was like when they were playing in the early nineties or the late. But well, I do, facts, so. like I said, <laughs> I do appreciate that they have that bridge where he, he, you know, he's sort of saying, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I didn't, I wasn't completely fair to you because I feel like maybe they just had a couple <laughs> bad gigs and it just sort of sort of soured them on Halifax, which I understand completely. Having had one of those terrible gigs myself, there's a place uh, in Augusta, Maine. I don't want to name names, so let's just call it the Bridge Street Tavern. Definitely not its real name. And if it were its real name, it has since closed, so no one's hurt. Um, 
But that was the only gig where my band, you know, we played originals in, in a place, in a town where people wanted to get drunk and sing along to songs they knew. Uh, and also, it's it's sort of, you know, it's, it's Central Maine. I mean, it's really Southern Maine, but they call it Central Maine. And um, there, it was very much like the Blues Brothers gigs where they're like, oh, we like both kinds of music, country and Western. You know? So, like, we're up there playing, like... We are like, yeah, get ready to feel sad about yourself. Let's play some depressing electronic rock. And they're like, not really having it. And this lady who was like super drunk was yelling, Hotel California at us the whole night. I was like, well, at least it wasn't Freebird. But, you know, I appreciate the uh, right. the sidestep there. But, no, that was not a great gig. But, uh, you know, we came back. We played other places in the area. And it was fine. <laughs> well, you talk about that bridge, Aaron. And it's funny because you're like, well, maybe they're, they're saying, well, maybe maybe we got the rat the wrong feel of your of your city yeah. until you hit the last line, yeah. which is total sarcasm. Yeah. Maybe half the fault is mine that the sun didn't shine on Barrington Street. I always felt the bridge was like a breakup line. Like that like was that his, is... it's not you, it's me. You know? <laughs> yeah, this just isn't working out. Let's just agree to go our own ways. Now, has anyone ever been to Barrington Street? Yes. I took a picture of myself on Barrington Street uh, a couple months ago, and yes, the sun was not shining. But I think uh, Barrington Street goes right by, like, the mm. that Titanic graveyard where, where uh, survivors, well, not survivors, uh, <laughs> people from the Titanic. See, this yeah, is sure. my... <laughs> My interest in, in Halifax is a completely different century than anything relevant in this song. Like, ooh, the Titanic Museum. So the what, I saw one comment online where the person said, well, the sun never shines anywhere in Halifax because of all the fog and the rain. And they're like, I'm a resident True. here. I can say that. RDF, man. I do remember being foggy. Rain, drizzle, and fog. It's what we do in the Atlantic <laughs> provinces. It's how people get their stamps for EI. <laughs> <laughs> we have factories. <laughs> we sew it up for you. We knit them into little blankets and just throw them out the window. <laughs> so my last question to you guys is the warehouse. Mm -hmm. I could not find anything online about the warehouse other than there is a restaurant there, but I don't know if it was there 30 years ago. Um, but there was a there's a restaurant called the Warehouse down there. It's not capitalized, but neither is the Palace. So I don't know if it's a specific place. Could, could he be like, yeah? Could he be talking about it like it is a warehouse? Like, look, like this is just an unadorned, empty space that people are filling. And like, we've got bars like yeah. that here yeah. in St. John's too that are just like, okay, well, I might as well be stacking <laughs> pallets in here, but that's fine. Yeah. Most this is me guess. saying I tried to do my research and couldn't find crap. <laughs> sounds great. There probably is a bar or restaurant or resto bar or whatever that probably reflects that. I mean, for God's sake, they do that now. Faux warehouse now just for you to come in and eat ribs. So yeah, it's rustic. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like a good name for a place. Yeah. The, the worst can we say the worst name of of bars or clubs we've ever been to? The worst name for a bar I've ever been to was Bar. bar. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> bar. Wait, and, was that in Arizona? No, it's in New Haven, okay. Connecticut, and it's actually a really great place and uh they cuz they have really great pizza uh there. Oh. Um exceptional I, pizza. I know a place. But it's just called Bar and so yeah. 
Even in New Haven, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to the <laughs> right. bar. Which one? Bar. I think you win with that one. It's just like, oh, great. Yeah. Well, well there, okay, there's a going. little town. There's a little town uh, outside of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where there's a bar called Bar. Uh, not quite as pleasant as the one that you seem to have experienced, because I felt like I was going to get stabbed in the bathroom and or offered uh, to buy meth yeah. from someone. So, like, I was like, this is a pretty sketchy place. But uh, Bar. Well, that's it. Like. There's bar like the bikers didn't want to change the yeah, sign. Yeah, they just had a sign. And up. there's bar like this is a chic hipster <laughs> uh, yeah, place, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're bar. And that's what that makes okay. sense. That was the biker <laughs> place. So yeah, you got you you lucked out. Okay, you All lucked right. out. We should yeah, trade up sometime. <laughs> yeah, the, the side of meth is really good. Okay, <laughs> bet you can't eat just one. What I like about this song, <laughs> fair. Like what? I like the bars that always have the weird. Like the bounty. <laughs> Sorry, all right, we'll just cut yeah. that out. Go ahead. What, what are you? What are you saying about the song? Yeah, I'm. I'm curious about this bar now. No. What was it? It was the, the bishop and the pauper. Okay. And it was a restaurant too. <laughs> and no, I I went in and it was a proper pub. This bar, but it had this big fancy name, and I kept looking for some reason why it needed to have this fancy name, and there was. I don't know if you remember, Andrew. There was also a place up in Toronto, <laughs> something to do with an elephant, uh, the elephant and something. <laughs> elephant. But there are all these. Yeah, yeah. But I always laugh at those names. It's kind of like some two things that have well, Bishop and the Popper. I could understand because maybe it was kind of like a Good King Wenceslas thing. But it's just these weird names of just the this and the that, and it's kind <laughs> of like, just why the British way thing? of of naming those those things. They yes. just pick two things. <laughs> it's the lamb and the grapes. <laughs> Yeah, the cock and the brandy, you know, yeah. whatever. We've all seen World's, World's End. Yeah. Although yeah, the famous cock. Yes. <laughs> but I always love looking for those just because I want to see what pairings I'll find. We had Benders. Benders. <laughs> that's a great bar name. That was uh, Benders on George. I remember Benders that one. Benders on George. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not there anymore. There's one in Madison, Wisconsin called the Tipsy Cow. See, that's a good name. That's a good name. I went to, there's one in uh, Pensacola, okay. Florida called the Tin great. Cow. Oh, no, Turkey Joe's is pretty great. That's one of them. <laughs> no, tur- no, don't go to Turkey Joe's. Don't go there. <laughs> That's we'll pretty go to good. Best, best uh, white Russians you'll ever have. Oh. You can buy six for like a dollar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the sign of a quality bar. Yeah, if you can scrape Mavis off the chair she's been in for 40 years, then maybe you can get a seat yeah. at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> And the best part is, is right at the start of George Street too. You gotta, you have to pass it. Yeah, you gotta walk right by it. <laughs> I'm gonna pull us. It's like the size of my. my room yeah, here. let's get back to the song. There's a song here. I'm somewhere. gonna pull us back to the song. <laughs> Do, does anyone have any other things to talk about with this? Song? You're listening to Bar Talk. Well, one of the interesting things about the song, so uh, I, I don't know why he's calling out that he's wearing a mock turtleneck, because dork, but. One of the interesting, th- <laughs> one of the interesting things <laughs> about this burn. song is that he changes it to Gap Turtleneck on, on Rock Spectacle, and there's nothing more '90s than making fun of the Gap, and I don't know why <laughs> yeah. we did. I mean, they're just it's just a bunch of basic items like like everybody needs a pair of pants. I don't know, but for some reason they're overpriced. How dare you offer sensible clothes at reasonable <laughs> right. prices? Right. And and so but if you were one of the cool kids in the 90s, you just hated the gap and you were really on about hating the gap and 
I don't know why we did. Yeah. I hated the Gap too, even though I was wearing their pants at the time. But I guess Steve is one of those kids. <clears throat> well, and originally it wasn't mock turtleneck. It wasn't. It, it originally was. What was it? I believe it was either just turtleneck. I'm trying to go back through my notes here because we skipped over that. And then I was like, oh, we won't come back to it. But we're coming back to it. So I might as well find it. Still fits. Totally works. Yeah, it was just and it was just turtleneck. turtleneck. Well, I mean, um, I don't know why you decided to switch it to mm-hmm. mock turtleneck. I guess it's just their their penchant for never really singing the same song twice. Yeah, they're kind of the Zeno yeah. of uh, of bands in that. Respect. Yeah, there's something funny about the idea of it being a mock turtleneck. I don't know. I've I've always liked that line. It's snappy. And... Well, and, and Stephen's really notorious. Yeah, he's really notorious for those descriptors. Like he, uh, um, mm. he's he writes a lot of really vivid lyrics that kind of pull you in with that. And I think just kind of setting up the specificness of my mock turtleneck neck just reeks. My interpretation being just it reeks because of all these <laughs> crummy locations that they're in. And um, so I think I think he's just trying to he's painting a vivid image there. And he's he's really good at that with the lyrics yeah. that he writes. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for, uh, you know, the continuation lyrics from from from. So the whole sequence that leads up to uh, the sea or the seaside bar should just sink into uh, into the sea. Yeah. I just love that from the from uh, from the liquor room to the change room to the doom and gloom of the hotel room, like just the sequence of the rhyming that he uses for all the rooms, and then the seaside beer hall, hall should just sink into the bay. Which I did laugh when you were doing the descriptor because he said, yeah, like he didn't really like it. He didn't really like it. He was saying he wanted it to sink into the bay. He didn't just not like it. Yeah. He wanted it to die. <laughs> he wanted and Halifax is the city that did sink into the bay. It exploded just a few decades before this. And he's just like, no, it's too good for this city. <laughs> we need to destroy it. Salt the earth. I also love in that same line you're talking about, like he doesn't say from the bar to like the green room or to our hotel or something. He calls it a change room like they're babies with their diapers, right? Like this isn't a bar. It's a liquor room. This isn't like the the green room. It's a change room. I just got to get my shorts off and get out of here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or I was even thinking whenever I hear change room, I'm also thinking of like between... Because I was picturing the smell when I hear that, and not diaper smell. I was yeah. thinking mm. hockey. Because when yeah. you're coming off the ice and you're changing out of your, your outfit to get into out of your, uh, oh. your your pads and everything to get into your regular clothes, if you've ever been into a change room like that, it smells exactly like he's singing. <laughs> 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 like I, that's what I was picturing. Like the liquor room is over here upstairs to the change room where like it still stinks and <laughs> to the doom and gloom of our hotel room which also stinks <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what and this is during a time i i had mm-hmm. to think about it a little bit because we are so modern now but this was during a time where people like i remember going downtown and coming home and you stunk because everybody was smoking cigarettes yeah yeah so yeah, this is true. it. Like yeah. his mock turtleneck did reek, mm-hmm. but I also, whenever I hear this song, I always thought he threw up on it. So what do I know? <laughs> well, you got to imagine like a band t- touring up until like 2000, whenever they got rid of smoking in bars. Like if you've got one suitcase of clothes, yeah. after your first couple of bars, that whole thing is just giving off oh, fumes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like back in that period, if we went down to a bar for a couple hours, you could see the air around us after we left. Yeah, so. right. But following it's up on be... what you were saying, though, I also love the next verse where it's, it goes down. 
the three flights to the, the street lights and the bar fights and the oh that whole alliteration mm -hmm. and, and you can yeah, almost uh -huh. hear it falling like like a yep. slinky down the stairs it was just so fun to follow that like a xylophone <laughs> i if we're talking about lyrics that really caught our attention i really enjoyed um the same people the same mm. drink sand the same music the same quicksand i thought that was really <laughs> yeah. nice yeah. Oh. The the rhyme schemes that he uses in this song yeah. is fantastic. I mean, he does that a lot, but I just it works so but well. But it's here. once it's again gorgeous, going back yeah. to the idea that if this is going to be their introduction, again going back to Andrew saying hello, <laughs> uh, I mean he's laying it all out there. This is what we are capable of between the harmonies, between the fact they can yeah. go back and forth from different genres of music, making it groovy, almost jazz, but with a very upbeat canadian sensibility um <clears throat> and we're gonna and, slap you across the face while we're while we're saying we love you <laughs> and then also it being funny the irony of it being such an upbeat song and yet like you were saying but this mm. place is garbage yeah <laughs> you know, I, I like that idea a lot justin like like think about this song as a calling card right yes. so this is them saying hello and the next thing they do is introduce themselves <laughs> and their introduction is this incredibly musically complex blues oriented mm. song referencing obscure other bands we are a Canadian band. This is a song talking about a Canadian town. We're incredibly snarky and our sense of humor is coming to the fore and we've got really intelligent lyrics. Like this song is basically everything you need. Like if somebody came up and was like, who the hell are the bare naked ladies? You just give them this song and they're like, they're this. This is what they do. And this is basically everything else. Yes. No, I, absolutely. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a bad introduction yeah. to their aesthetic. Yeah. No. This is, this is I, quintessential BNL. Yes. Yeah. And everything they would become, like everything that, that is already here, this is the seed of all of it. Well, and I think it's good to start off with something that's, I mean, it's there was a little bit of controversy there. And I mean, a sense that you're you're starting with something that's that's biting and that could potentially offend people. Now, I don't know that, but... They're named Bare Naked Ladies, though. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. You know, I'm from <laughs> Pennsylvania, and so and I'm an American from Pennsylvania, so I'm naturally uh, ethnocentric. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> but so when I... I'm... That's, I'm, I'm offending myself. Uh, when I first, like, when I first heard the song without the cultural context of it or anything, just hearing the pair naked ladies, because I didn't start with Gordon, I started a little bit later, as I've talked about before in the show. When I heard the song, you know, I was of course thinking New York or Los Angeles or something like that. Um, you, when you learn the context, you you really do hear that it's something that could uh, ruffle a few feathers. I mean, it's you know we're basically sure. here, you know. Um, just a little bit of controversy, a little stab at another city or another location. I think that also probably was pretty uh, brazen of them. And I think that adds to the song, too. I also think, though, that's kind of a tradition among Canadian bands that a lot of people don't know about. Because it seems that with our bigger ones, too, whether it be Tragically Hip, I mean, that's their that's one of their joie de vives is name-dropping places they've been or that they've experienced in all of their songs. <laughs> As a matter of fact, like how many times yeah. in their catalog are you sitting there kind of going, are they going to name us? <laughs> oh, the name keeps fear. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I went to a tragically hip concert once where they said Newfoundland, not the place, the dog in their song, Dire Wolf, yep. which is a great Excellent song. And it was in Newfoundland. This concert took place. The whole place went up. They didn't care. It was a no. dog. They were just, yeah, oh my gosh, you said yeah. it. But, but Justin, <laughs> like, can you think of a time when the hip wrote a song about a town that they were dissing. No, like Bob Cajun isn't about how crappy Bob Cajun no, is. Yeah, that's one thing I will say. Anytime that those places were name dropped, or same thing goes for other bands like Rush or anything like that. Like it seems to be that amongst a lot of, but I won't count on Rush because God, they're 
they went a different direction. But when it comes to like the real indie house bands, what I'll talk about, and when they all started that way, the hip did, they did uh, Cowboy Junkies, and I could name a bunch more. But the just just all that you've never heard of. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. But even, geez, even the Juice Pigs, that that's something I loved when that was name dropped. I was like, oh my God, is Arrogant Worms next? Let's go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but all of these bands at some point or another, I mean, Arrogant Worms sings a song, Canada's really big. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> but you're right. Are, yeah. This is the first one that I can think of without really digging too deep. <laughs> Uh, and that's laying it out. Where they're really giving a big F you to the, to the town. Yeah, that's the thing. It's on its sleeve. It's one thing if they were singing about a town they don't like, but they never name, and then you find out later, oh, they were talking about, I don't know, Toronto. But in this case, no. Andrew, you're absolutely thing... right. This is just like, here it is. We don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind for me is Red Hot Chili Peppers, because they're always singing California. about California, California right. in a very critical, sarcastic yeah. way. Mm. And what's weird is that I think later Steve does a song about California, doesn't he? Is that one of his solo songs? Mm. Um, off of uh, Vanity Project? I don't recall right now. And there was somebody else. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Man. But, like, there was the thing in the late 90s uh, or early 2000s where everybody was singing about how, like, burnt out they were on California, even if they'd never, like, been to California. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, California, and there's so much plastic surgery. Except Tupac. Billy, Billy, Billy Joel did it, too. Yeah. No, Tupac stuck up for him. <laughs> yeah. Now, I originally didn't think that this song was about Halifax. I had one of the lyrics wrong, and it changed everything about this song. So at the very beginning, and I'm trying to find it, I think this harbor town should is waist deep and sinking fast. I always had that wrong. And, and I think it's, once again, because of where I come from, being up in Maine, like, wh- where is our, our centricity? Where, where is the next big place? Is Boston with Harvard. So I always heard, like, and I think this harbor <laughs> town... <laughs> His Harvard. So I always thought he was dissing Boston. I'm like, whoa! Harvard is Havertown. You know what? Boston can sink into the bay because that place sucks too. Yeah, dude. Well, it does all fit. I mean, if you listen to it, it still works. We're trying to drive around Boston. Holy God! Oh. Uh, Don't even get me started on driving. (laughs) Or if if it's a bay town, is it San Fran? Um, one thing I do want to mention that I really love in this town, in this town, in this song, is that Jim. There's a spot in there where the song stops, in this town. and their re-entry is Jim playing the bass, bringing it back in with those. Yeah, and that's, that's it. So it interesting. That yep. <laughs> I wake up in my own bed. Yeah, yeah, one of the things yeah. in, in the same book that you're citing, uh, when they get to Born on a Pirate bridge. Ship, and they talk about how Andy left, and so Jim felt all this pressure that he should really, like, step up, and that's what kind of makes Born on a Pirate Ship so great, is that there's so much Jim right front and center, even writing and singing his own songs. And mm-hmm. for some reason, in, in the post-Pirate Ship era, like, even just having that bass as the main kind of through line in all their songs kind of goes away it comes back every now and then jim is still there fully on the songs but for whatever reason like in these early ones he's so to the fore that Mm. it it has a real even though these three albums the first three albums are very different from each other Mm. um but but jim's presence is for me it's like jim we need more jim he drives the song he really is the center force 
Well, it's funny. And you should always let Jim drive. <laughs> Maybe Jim should Maybe drive. Jim is what Maybe I'm Jim should drive. <laughs> well, it's funny too because uh, just recently, since we're all shut-ins now, um, this this will date this 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 timing, sure. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, they, they all got together in their houses and did a live stream of the four of them. And here he was with the big old double bass as they sang, uh, lovers in a dangerous time. Mm. And the fact that mm-hmm. for the first time in forever, he pulled out yeah, the, the actual bow to play mm. the bass. Cause I forgot mm. that in that song that happens like four or five times. I was like, Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not just him doing the jazzy bass. He actually plays mm-hmm. that sucker. And I'm so yeah. happy <laughs> because he, this is his instrument and it's so yeah. nice to see. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how here though, too, he can make that thing dance and laugh too. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. And again, lovers, you have it being You have that very sad kind of sound. Yeah. And then in this one, I mean, this is upbeat, poppy, and and not in a bad way. Which I think goes back to it, too, because really their first uh, video song, for lack of a better word, their first, like, uh, released song that became, like, playable, I guess, on Much Music or something, our version of MTV. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, both of which are dead now. Both gone. <laughs> just... None of the kids listening know this. Yes. <laughs> I it's think VH1 survived it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, like Lovers was the sort first of. like song that they had out that was out there, I guess. But but at the same time, that's still not the calling card to what they are completely about. You know, like if you hear Hello City, I hear this as exactly as Andrew put it. This is the example of if you want a sampling of what the rest of this album is going to be, here it is. Lovers is lovely, but it's not, I guess, silly enough? Well, it's a cover. It's yeah, not it's a their cover song, too. Right? Yeah, but it, they're still showing their talent, but it's not showing their sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. <laughs> I concur with my Canadian associate. <laughs> so why don't we put some numbers to this? We've, oh. we we have we have slathered this thing with praise. Let's talk about what it looks like in terms of numerical value. <laughs> Who would like to start? What, uh, what, are, the, what are the ratings? Tracy, yeah, we have to figure out what oh, we're rating what? this. Um, oh, how about mock mm. turtlenecks? <laughs> how many turtlenecks? Oh, I like it. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna go with CD bars, but <laughs> I like mock turtlenecks. So, it's less, less insulting. <laughs> So how many mock turtlenecks do you give this song? Let's go with Aaron. Let's start with Aaron. All right. Well, as this is on Gordon, I immediately think about Brian Wilson, Enid, and The Flag, three of my all-time favorite B&L songs. I can't say it's quite up there with them for me. So the real question is, do I like it as much as I like Box Set? Box Set is a little jazzier, a little more musically complex, and I think it speaks to me a little more. Um, now I only gave box set a four in retrospect. I think that was a little weak. So I'm going to put an asterisk here, Tracy, and tell you that come new year's Eve, 2021, if we haven't gone full 12 monkeys by then, uh, I will be issuing (laughs) an updated score for box set. And I will do that so that I can feel better about giving hello city, a very strong 4.5 out of five mock turtlenecks. All right, I'm going to have to highlight. Wow. You just gave me a double thing to do. I now have to highlight one cell <laughs> and put your number in another cell. Oh, I'm cell. Tracy. I so don't like I'm pushing buttons. That, 
I'm going to hand it over to Andrew. Andrew, what do you give this song? Do you you're, you keep a record of all yep. of these ratings? I do. So this can be used against mm-hmm. us later. It will. Okay. Do, can you tell me, what did I give having a baby? All right. Hold on one second. Uh, the damn... I rated that pretty damn high. Pretty having damn a baby. Who um, four... <laughs> out which was a 4.8. put in first on that. Um, I want to what, say 4.8? that you gave it a 4.8. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a 4.9. Then I think that this is like like Brian Wilson is a five, uh, an easy five, maybe a six on this <laughs> scale. Um, like maybe maybe this is like a 4.92. Like like Hello City is up there amongst the the classic all time Bare Naked Ladies songs, mm. and almost all of Gordon is really in that 4.9 era anyway. Like like it's incredible that that they're their first album, I know it wasn't really their first album, but like yeah. that they could come out so strong out of the gate with this kind of stuff yeah. and, and cement themselves. This a lot is, of really good songs on that one. Yeah, this is why they, like last year, they got their Lifetime Achievement or, or Gino uh, recognized as, as Canadian Hall of Fame legends, as they rightly should. And this is it. And like Justin said, you know, what, one of the things that makes a Canadian band is you're singing about Canadian stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and they're singing about Halifax. And what could be more Canadian than hating Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Finding common ground. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. That is correct, yeah. So on that note, I'm going to I'm gonna pull us over before you dig us too deep a hole here and, and hand it over to uh, Justin. Justin, what do you give this song? Well, I'm not going to be outdone Uh-oh. by my, my compatriot. <laughs> Damn it, you never are! <laughs> no, this... I can't say this is a five only because of the fact that I know if I thought a little harder, there's one that would just go above it. But this was my introduction to them. This is the song I can listen to. I can't listen to Gordon unless I listen to this. I can't listen to Rock Spectacle unless I listen to this. I can't go for a drive in Halifax because I hate the place. <laughs> but no. I <laughs> Because of this song. <laughs> no, I just mean like Every time I hear this song, I'm delighted. And I'm reminded why I don't just love Bare Naked Ladies so much, but why I enjoy singing anything at all. So 4.95 for sure. Very nice. You know, and and this song too, like there are some albums, you know, like now we're in the era of MP3s and you just listen to whatever your favorite songs are and you let the B-side slide or whatever. But there are some albums you don't do that and you don't listen to on mix. You listen to the first song until you get to the last song and Gordon is one of them. Yep. And it has to start Mm -hmm. with Hello City. Yep. I'm not listening to a mix on Gordon. Nope. (laughs) Because it ruins my lyrical memory. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff what do you give this what do I give this well if this was the first Bare Naked Lady song I had ever heard it would probably be higher I would probably be looking at like a 4.95 kind of thing but I in comparison to what I know of their whole catalog and and the songs that I would rank as easy fives I wouldn't put it quite there that said I do love the song I love the jazzy feel of it I think the lyrics are fantastic like I mentioned the uh, um, the rhyme schemes um the patterns are, are gorgeous. It's biting and, and happy at the same time. Um, I probably stand alone on this in that the rock spectacle version is my favorite Ooh. version of the song. Ooh, yeah, it's we a, didn't discuss that. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Not wrong. And, and one of the reasons being is we've talked about this. I am a, as I love the Cregans and I love the band, I am a Kevin fan too. 
And what he does on those keys in the Rock Spectacle version are fantastic. I think he's probably hitting like the organ like a Hammond. Um, so that, that bumps it up for me. So overall, I would say for this song, I would put it at a 4.7. 4.7. Just as a disclaimer, you can't not love Kevin. Like, as much yeah. as I'm like, oh, these first three albums. No, don't. Kevin yeah, is but, incredible, yeah, and yeah. everything he brought to the band is incredible. And I'd just like to get that out there in case he listens, because if he hears what I say and starts <laughs> crying, I don't know if I can live with myself. Um, I, I don't think you have to worry about what you say. If anything, what I have said about poor Kevin on the show and the numbers I've given him w- would drive him away much sooner. Aw, oh, Tracy, why are you t- talking about me like that come on i just want to play some songs he's an amazing human being and i love him as an instrumentalist and we'll go with that i've been i've been i've been working to bring him back for you <laughs> um so i'm i'm gonna be the outlier i guess this week then Ooh, um i thought i was gonna have the lowest <laughs> score intriguing oh this song Uh-oh. to me is is BNL. It is what introduced me to BNL. So therefore you hate it. I think BNL should sound like everything <laughs> like this is what I listen for. Um and it's because that's what introduced me. So wait, are, you're me. not um, from Halifax, are you? I, I'm yeah. not. Is that what's going on here? I'm going to go in a complete <laughs> another direction in that I'm going to be the only person to give this a perfect 5. Going to give it a 5? Oh, what? okay. Shyamalan oh. twist. To me, this is this is a perfect BNL song. There's nothing I can change about the song. There's nothing I would make better. You just M Night Shyamalan does. Wow, it's 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 a gorgeous song. That's it a is very good song. Very good song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is, to me, to yes, me, it ranks up there with Brian Wilson. It just does. It just it it is what. It is what brought me to BNL and what kept me with BNL. And when I come back to listen to this CD, I always listen to this CD in order. Um, in this day of playlists, this is a CD I will actually pull out and put into my car. And those first notes are heavenly to me. And they just, I immediately take a yep. deep sigh and I'm relaxed and I'm in it. And so it has to be a five for me. And, you know, it's too bad. Like, if you were in Canada when Gordon hit, it was a phenomenon. Even if you weren't listening to it, like those balls and shirts with those red, uh, white, and blue balls were everywhere, man. Yeah. It was the biggest mm-hmm. thing in the world for a little mm. while. Yeah, and and this is what kicked it all off. It, I think I think a lot of people were expecting BNL to be more Weird Al than they were because they were funny, mm. but because they. Mm-hmm. And they were with Corky and the Juice right. Pigs. They were, they, who is very much weird. Yeah, and they were, they were quirky. See, they were quirky, and they were fun. <laughs> yeah, right. But at the same time, uh, because of their talent, they rose above that. Not to say that Weird Al isn't talented. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let no. no. Al, we know you listen. Come on the show. Well, they wrote. They definitely rose above where Corky and the Juice Pigs went. Yeah. But that's it. Like they, they rose above to 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 be the musicians they are, and that's something yeah. I that this song I think presents. Like yes, it's funny, and yes, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's all about their music. It's really great. Yeah, you can listen to the song and not know what it's about and still thoroughly enjoy it. Well, that's that's another thing that's brilliant about Gordon in general, and I'm sure we've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again. You know, with other Gordon songs, but I mean, here you have a very funny, upbeat song, box set. 
very funny, upbeat, grade nine. I mean, just extremely funny, well-written songs. And then you mm-hmm. end with The Flag, which is anything but, but still a powerhouse. I mean, it's just really, really brilliant uh, the way that they could just cross those genres. And then bleed back into crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Remember that person that we just talked about? They're crazy. Just like you. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that say about them? <laughs> So in terms of talking about appearances, I'm not going to give an appearance appearance this week. Um, One of the things that I loved in Mike and Mike Myers, oh my God, and Paul Myers book, the Bare Naked Ladies authorized biography, the public stunts and private stories is he would give really cool stories in the background of things that made Bare Naked Ladies what they are and who they are. Um, And one of which I think is perfectly discussed in this episode is they're one of the games they like to play on the bus from traveling from one city to another, which was called Slint. Have you guys ever heard of Slint? Can't say that I have. So Slint is a game where you would say the city's name and the next person after you name the city would have to take the last letter that started that oh. and start off the next city's name with that letter. Oh, yeah. I guess I have played this game, but I didn't know that that's what it was called. I mean, talk about intellectuals. This is what they would do for fun between cities is they would sit there and play intellectual <laughs> games about naming cities. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I, they, it, and this isn't the only game like that, but that's that's a lot of what they did. Like, they, they love to do that with music. They love to see exactly how far down rabbit holes they could actually get with these games and really kind of well see if they could stick the other people in the mud (laughs) okay so wait a minute what if someone starts you with halifax though (laughs) xanadu yeah there you go what city but but think about too how much (laughs) place figures in their music you know like they're they're talking about specific places and they never mention halifax by name but they're saying (laughs) barrington street here in like old apartment, they're talking about the Danforth. In uh, in mm-hmm. in, Enid, in Jane or Enid, mm-hmm. they they name a bunch of uh, Jane St. Clair is two yeah. streets in in Toronto, right? That that don't intersect. Right. I don't think narrow well, they streets. Yeah. They, they name specific yeah. streets. Yeah, like you know, like place figures very prominently in the way that they do their music. Even though the songs that they're writing about these places aren't place dependent per se. Like, Jane St. Clair isn't about that corner in Toronto. It's barely even really about Toronto, no. you know what I mean? But except for right. that, that informed right. what they're talking about. But place means something as far as they're concerned as yeah. to what they're writing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out. <laughs> I just I just think that, like, one of the things I that I love about these guys is how intellectual oh, yeah. they are. How, oh, yeah. They're nerds. Yeah. They're music nerds, they're but they're nerds. They're a bunch of dorks. Yeah. Um, they're dorky. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> and I love the more that I dig in and get to know more about them, the more that I'm like, yeah, I would have, like, hanging with these guys would have been pretty fun. Yeah, they remind me a lot of dudes I knew in the music in music school and college. They a lot of like little things that I hear in some of the way that they they, uh, they structure the songs and and do things. They make like weird little musical in jokes. It's it's really cool. They're they're nerds. I love it. I think I did <laughs> hang out with some of these guys. <laughs> I was going to say, and I probably shouldn't 
Speaking about nerds, but yeah, if you if you listen to this podcast, there's a pretty good chance that you're a nerd, um, or, or at least somewhere on that that line. So I'm going to insult our audience. Wow, uh, that's not an insult, uh, my friend. So yeah, nerd is not nerds, an insult. It's a lie. No, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did get what? another postcard oh. with with chimpanzees on it. Oh, no. It didn't have chimpanzees on it. No. Oh, come on. What are you doing, people? One of our one of our people that likes to write to us. And we love to, to get his emails. Uh, wrote about yes. Hi Tim, <laughs> have you seen my love? <laughs> he said I have to give your podcast credit. Well, thank you, Tim. Um, you keep me guessing. I see myself as an Ed guy who's gaining more and more appreciation for Steve through the podcast. But still, and yet, have you seen my love? Would be one of my top five BNL ballads. On top of that, how does he feel about the line? How does he feel about the line? Is that in there? The line, the line about the the one yes, that we talked when we about. Did the, uh, he podcast. actually was wondering. Yeah, yeah he, he he doesn't think it's as big a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he he does not have as big a problem with that line as we did. So, um, he says on top of that, I love it as an album closer. And right, I'm looking up the line. I adore when an album goes out quietly and wraps you up in a little blanket to send you off to sleep and peaceful dreams. Or has a song that feels like you've come to the end of something. Uh, okay. All right. I can see his point. I suppose there's examples of good upbeat songs to an album end as well. But give me Erasures Because You're So Sweet. Or Home. Or Love Affair. Or Depeche Mode's Waiting for the Night. Or Insight. Or Goodnight Lovers. Pet Shop Boy's Jealousy. Or Suede's The Next right. Life. Yeah. And uh, This Tune Any Day. Maybe it's because I'm old enough to have listened on record or cassette where there was a, a finite end or early CD players. And I feel those songs wrap up a nice an album nicely instead of just starting over again. <clears throat> Although I have to say, if you listen to cassettes, they did start over again. They just kept it would just automatically flip and go. Right, right. <laughs> If you had one of those fancy newfangled yeah, players, <laughs> I had to, I had to flip manually, yeah. Mister Silverspoon. Check your privilege, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the privilege of a cassette player that flipped itself. <laughs> I was so I lucky. Two, I had a two. I had a side by side A and B tape deck, and neither of them did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant more in the car. Like in the car, Don't it would stop. turn one way and then would stop and go All right, back fine. the other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had, car? Yeah. you had a car. You had a car. <laughs> we were looking for us. Wow, we found. I had a job. moped. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, privilege. I got one with pedals. <laughs> yeah, I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Tim makes some well, good points. Folks. Though I gotta give him credit. I disagree with. He him. does make. He does make some good points. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Um, but you know what? <laughs> Tim and I, we keep going over this every single time. You know, we've been here before. It just keeps happening over and over again. And next week, that's the song we're going to discuss about. Yeah, I... It's here before. Ah. <laughs> you were a master yeah, here, before? here before what? Uh, it, seems, it seems like it's all been done, don't you think? <laughs> uh... No, that's going to be like Wait. seven months from now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> If we're lucky, uh, that's what we'll say when we do. It's all been done. Is hey, that, uh, and guess, and they talk about the same three chords then too. <laughs> I love the fact that we had such a big group this week. But so, thank you all for joining me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you as always, Tracy. Guys, always good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. 
Yay. Justin, I love how people can see those hand- <laughs> gang signs. Absolutely, it's nice that we were able to self-isolate together for today. Yes, yes. Uh, in- yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. In- introverts unite alone in your own houses. You do the same. My lifestyle yeah, has changed astonishingly little. Yes. So. Yeah, oh, it's well. pretty much, pretty much what I've always been doing here. Yeah. The world is going to be an interesting place when this is all done because the introverts are going to win. They'll be the ones to survive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. All the all the nerds are like, so be, what you're basically telling me I get to stay in my house all day and play video games. That's what I've been doing. I've been training my whole life for this. I got this. Starfighter got nothing on me. <laughs> Everyone, stay healthy out there. Stay safe. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe. <laughs> all right well yeah stay well, safe thank you stay all healthy. <laughs> stay, See you guys. stay safe everyone stay healthy aaron i need Have to good... i need to grab you before you pop off <laughs> oh okay oh. well we'll leave you guys alone good night <laughs> <laughs> done that's where we you know go go get a room <laughs> all right on the pop off note i'm going to uh that's our other podcast stop my recording <laughs> that's bare naked abc's after dark It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.